So hello everyone, this is Emel. I'm so excited to be on the Dukan show. Uh, shout out to my husband for supporting me in this journey and my little two-year-old daughter, Nura. Yo, check it out. A new generation of young people today who belong nowhere. But I prefer to be now cast. Third culture kids where the concept of the Dukan is the, the corner shop or the top uh, We are live outside. Hey yo, what's up people? What up nation? It's a revolution of expression. You can be with the Dukan show, stay tuned in. Arab digital generation is shaping our identity, the creative expression, and their future. Please give a very warm welcome. This week's episode is a great one. We have none other than Miss Leap of Hope herself in the <laughs> building. Where is that? Damn. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy <laughs> budget. I'm based on the budget. Yo. I feel important right now. You should. So, the problem is that you can't get the budget to make a podcast. Listen, you guys, if you see the view right now, you can see the ocean. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but for real, I'm so happy you finally got to, to do this and have you here because I feel like there's a lot we want to talk about. I'm not even sure. Like, I've been trying to work out how and where we're going to start this because. Following your content, I'm honestly a big fan. I've actually like, especially I think as you started, which we'll get to, but just as a precursor to kind of jump into it, when you started talking about um, prenatal, postnatal, pregnancy, and the impact of fitness and lifestyle, because it's not just, oh, exercise, but like a whole lifestyle, right? As a PT and as a mom yourself, I loved it. And I started sharing it with my cousins who were pregnant at the time. I'm like, by the way, if you need help, Follow Emil, ask her questions. She'll hey. respond. That are like, and you know, I'll send it to you know, woman I knew in my life who like, even if they're not pregnant at the time. But I felt what you're talking about in a specific story or in a, a specific moment, I felt as relevant to them. I forwarded to them like, you guys like, don't get any trainer. Like, they're already telling you what you should. Like, Emil has the answers. It seems so. <laughs> talk to Emil. You know, um, and I. At that point, that was the point I think I reached out. I was like, okay, we got to come. You got to come on the show. We got to talk about this. And Reem and I spoke about it. And I think Akawi and I spoke about it a few times as well. Like, okay, there's a lot to be said. Because the fitness industry here is, whew, they, I mean, leaves a lot to be desired. It's fun. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> so um, that's kind of um, the, the uh, a polite way of putting it. But... To understand your journey, I think let's kick off like at the beginning. Um, how did we get to where you? How did we, you get to where you are today? Where did this start? Intim <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just, I was just sitting here. I'm not like that's a huge question, man. But uh, like, give us the leap of hope elevator pitch. Okay. You got six seconds. Go. <laughs> let's go. So my name is. Uh, I was born. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. So. <laughs> Uh, basically, just to give you a little brief about who I am, I actually like started out as a graphic designer uh, and I have a bachelor's degree in multimedia design. Um, and I've always been an athlete as a child, but like growing up, going to university, um, you kind of, you know, get caught up with the I need to make a living and live the uh, get married, bring children to this life uh, kind of world. But um, I realized very early on, and that, uh, that's not the way for me. Um, and I ended up trying to get back into sports. And that's why I ended up like pursuing becoming a fitness trainer um, and going into it uh, in much more depth. And what was so ironic is that when I became a personal trainer, um, I still knew nothing about coaching a woman until I got pregnant. 
um, and that's so disappointing because yeah. like uh, I realized after I got certified in pregnancy and postpartum is that I needed to be specialized to know how to train women. But the general diploma of personal training had nothing to do with a woman's body. It was the general public and fairly to train men, the, the female, like basically the male white body. That's what we're meant to train. But when it came to like women, I've never heard the term diastasis recti. I never heard yeah. the term prolapse. I have no idea what these floor. things are. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's so, so many things. And I want to remind everybody that we are 50% of the population. So when we're trained, when we're, when we're, when you're doing your PT course and you're doing a general, that ain't general at all. That's very specific, specific. to not me. No. So like white, <laughs> really? male, yeah. body, testosterone, and that's, all yeah. that. So like for, so the, the terms that she said are very common for women. It's, it's basically what happens to you when you get pregnant, yeah. right? Like your abs kind of, separate. Really, they separate and your pelvic floor changes, which is like, you know, the pelvis. Pelvic and like, floor, actually, no. Fun fact, pelvic floor, men also have pelvic yeah, floor. That's yeah, that's why I'm like, that I know. <laughs> oh, that's like, the term I've heard. Yeah. But it's interesting because as you're dropping these terminology, only two people out of five in this room knew what you're yeah. talking about. Attack myself and I can't be yeah. completely clueless. Yeah. There are two women in this room. <laughs> Just Hello. To give everyone hey, hey. So yeah. So can you like can you elaborate? So the moment that you realize, okay, so I have to specialize to treat to 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 cater to 50% of the population. How does that feel? Like how what, what goes through your head? Like and I feel like, I'm sorry before you answer that, it's but fine. it's just like, I feel like other female trainers are not doing this. No, and no, because they think they're getting general population. So yeah. they're being taught the general population, which doesn't include them either. And it's uh, very much, a, so what was interesting is that I ended up getting my diploma when I got pregnant because I didn't know how to train, even though I was an athlete and a coach. So wow. can you imagine? Wow. wow. So as uh, you didn't know how to train while you're pregnant. While you I was okay. pregnant. So I was like, when it came down to actually applying what I knew, I knew nothing. I was like, okay, now I have this happening to my body. What what are the things I can or can't do? And I had no idea. And I was like, and I'm a coach. Like that's, that tells me a lot about what I know um, and what I need to learn. And um, the courses that I saw that were in the country, unfortunately, were like two-day courses. And I was like, really? Like two days? And the courses that I, the course that I did. That's too little. That's too little. Yeah. I did a six-month course. <laughs> so it was like physiotherapists from around the world. I connected with people from the States, from Canada. Uh, I even had my consultation with like someone really far away. It was like a Zoom consultation. It was during Corona as well. So it's like understanding that there's so much out there that we don't know. Um, and it's also understanding that there needs to be some kind of policy to make sure that people trainers know this, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so the simplest thing was like, Again, even the information that we're being told here is very commercial. It's very like snap back to your body and all that. And none of it is about. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. It's not health. But it also like creates such a problem for women's mental health. Like if you get pregnant, it is almost like you have a panic, a moment of panic. How am I going to snap back? How am I going to be the body before the onus is on you to figure out something that's really unnatural. Your right. body will rebound if you... Tr- would, you that's know. the question I was going to ask. Like, is that re- realistic? Like, oh, snap back to your pre- there, pregnancy like, It's something body? that people unfortunately take with a negative connotation, but there's mm. no way your body comes back. Nothing. Like, okay. really? appearance-wise is not the reality. Like, yeah. we're talking about health. We're talking about 
like longevity. Like every time you give birth, it's a type of trauma on the body. It's like you're saying, I broke, like, for example, I have a broken arm. I have plates and screws inside. Is it ever going to be the same? Of course not. not. I see. But I'm still functioning with it. Yeah. But if I keep telling myself it's not the same, I'll never be able to function with it. Right. So I think that's like one of the most interesting, I think, mindsets that we need to be in is that my body is not going to be the same. But that doesn't mean that I'm not. You can get stronger after pregnancy. You can even look better after pregnancy, but your body's not the same. And I think that is the, the, the thing that we need to come in terms with. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's something I feel uh, that is still not being taught. Um, just go on social media and you're going to see what's There you what's go. There. But like, yeah. interestingly enough, like, I didn't even know that until you mentioned it. The fact that actually, you know, you could be much stronger post-pregnancy. Your body could look a lot better after pregnancy. But I think it is a mindset. It is an education that's lacking. But it's beyond look. Uh, it's yeah. it's what's in it's the it's the health. it's the functional health of your body, like function the the functionality. Right. And I think that we have such a because of Instagram. I blame specifically Instagram yeah. to begin. <laughs> I mean it. Yeah. Right. Just specifically. Literally. Right now. Literally yeah. that 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 platform. The amount of false um it, false information. Amount of crap, basically. Yeah. It's like misinformation <laughs> that's really damaging women's uh, perspectives of themselves and yeah. everything. I the filters are one thing. Yeah. But then there's a universe of people that are like showcasing a really wrong approach to how you yeah. should be as a woman, which is I need to be able to run faster and climb stairs for longer than I ever should have. Yeah. That's the measure. Can That's I pick something up without yeah. throwing my back out? Right. Like even you though know? there's, a, I mean, the yeah, fitness misinformation yeah. is huge, honestly. I mean, for both men and women, but I think it's much worse. And there's a lot more misinformation for women because like, and I always said this, and I think I'm grateful for having friends like you and Jafar, who is also a trainer. But like Jafar always says when, so I haven't trained for a while and I came back and I'm like, okay, I'm struck. I'm trying to get back my stamina. And yeah. like, you know, especially after you've been sick, like getting back into it is very difficult. And then going through that journey and I'll talk to someone like Jafar and he'd be like, bruh, just, you know, be grateful that you're able to move today and grateful that your body is allowing you to do something like that. He's like, it's about health first. Yeah. Right. And that shifts the mindset completely. And, you know, you're, you're sharing the same message, but also you're fighting a lot of misinformation online where like the stigma of you got to look a certain way and there's a social pressure that Instagram is creating on people as well where it's... um. I mean, well, before it, like, Instagram, it was like Jane Fonda. Like there oh, was yeah. aerobic God. tapes, you know, like yeah. there's a history. I, I know but I, I the, the aerobic tapes. It is, it is a very important part of history. It right. changed the perception of what we're supposed to do at the gym as women, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I think like the biggest example I can give you of like clients that approach me, like I have girls coming to me, I'm pregnant, I don't want to gain weight. I was like, oh my God, like that in itself is so dangerous. Like, yeah. so you are you going to starve yourself during pregnancy or what? It's a natural part of pregnancy, you're growing a baby. You know, like if you're not gaining weight, there's an issue. That means you're not pregnant, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, that's like the mindset that we need to change. But you can imagine just how damaging that is right. to a, a girl who's pregnant and is growing a baby. And the first thing she thinks about is like, I don't want to gain weight. Wow. Oh my God. Like, yeah. That's so scary. It's, it's frightening because it's like we have these girls giving birth to babies and then battling hormones and then going through depression. And then with this added pressure, it creates, uh, I think, a distorted version of themselves for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And I think that's like the most dangerous thing. A distorted reality. 
and yeah. and it's generational. So like you pass down that anxiety or that worldview to your children, and wow. then yeah. it only Forever. becomes too familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Like that cycle. So like, can we talk about like training and hormones? Because I've never been pregnant, but like I can. I'm as as I age, I recognize. Oh, okay. There's a hormonal. There's a hormonal curve that not only me but women I like I know are encountering. So how how do how should we train? What should we know that is not common knowledge? So we have to understand that like women go through menstrual cycles, right? And there are different phases of the menstrual cycles. So you have the luteal and like ovulation yeah. and after so we have to understand that each person's cycle is going to be different and we also have to understand the different phases right. and what happens. So for me personally like what I've noticed is that I can lift the heaviest before ovulation. Okay, that so that's me. like, okay, that's you. So imagine if we have women actually writing down how their performance is week by week. I've never that, done that. And that kind of sets the tone. Like there are studies right now that, that are coming out that to some extent during specific phases of a woman's body, she can't even lift 60%. Oh, I've I felt mm. that. Like, yeah. and I, because yeah. we used to train like together trained, pre- yeah. pre-COVID. Yeah. And there were days where I felt like defeated is not even the word, like depleted and disappointed in myself. Of course. And I feel, I, yeah, it, it almost made me not want to go back to the weights, even though I love the weights. But yeah, I was lifting literally 50% and of what I could lift. And it was yeah. heavy and it, I felt weak. It felt weak. Yeah. That was the, you know. And I guess it doesn't help to be surrounded by that mentality that you have to lift more, All be more, do more, yeah. the more, whatever it is. So... How do you combat that when you're training your your clients? So I literally ask them, and I think we shouldn't be shy to talk about like menstrual cycles. Like yeah, that's yeah. a natural part of a woman's body. The first thing is being open about it. The second thing is to really test out. Like I tell my client the first month, month and a half, is literally me getting to know you. Right. It's not me even like, we're not even thinking about weight loss goals or even strength goals to some extent. It's us building a program that's specific towards you. So you can imagine how interesting it's going to be when you tailor programs for the person and understanding that they're different week by week. And right. there, there are studies that show that women are different day by day, let alone week by I week. I feel like I yeah, might well, be well. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then people are like, oh, people keep talking about feminism. Yeah, well, are you a different person every day? Yeah. <laughs> Hormonally wise? I can't we is. I know, but I feel I think post, post-lockdown and COVID, like I'm... I'm I'm having the privilege of getting to know Akawi all over again. And I love it. <laughs> He's so a brand beautiful. new man. <laughs> a brand new man. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I I'm think, these, I mean, I think that these are great points. And like for for the male listeners, I guess, like support your woman during these periods. But how? Of time. People and just think, say we're crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. No, no, no. Come on. Oh. You're so... <laughs> no, no, they don't say Let's you're crazy. Let's be honest, it's, not, it's not that you're crazy. Like, it's always like, oh, so you're on your period. So, okay. <laughs> the right? biggest That's example usually... I could give guys, yeah. when men are on steroids and their hormones are changing... You make they're... it sound like it's a general thing. Well, have you gone to... I'm not going to say what gym, but it is what it is. Yes, there's a couple of gyms here. I'm not going to call nobody out right now. But like... I've seen men being on steroids in the region and the yeah. way that their personality changes mm-hmm. and the way that they're aggravated and mad all the freaking time. Well, and I was like, blessed. thank you. <laughs> and that's like a short period of time. Like you're yeah. doing a cycle. Imagine being on that your whole entire life. 
Yeah, from the monthly. day. So <laughs> like, there's a, it's a strange thing because when you try to remember who you were before your period, yeah. you almost don't have, like, there's no so, thing, like, <laughs> a strange blur of, like, like oh, yeah. if you try to remember yeah. who you were think before of the your period. Think of the fluffy yeah. little yeah. girl, you know? <laughs> you, imagine, right. you imagine, like, a poodle or a puppy or yeah. something that just wasn't raging yeah, at yeah. all, you know? And then suddenly… But this by the way, like I, I, I am, I am roided up, um, not in the fitness sense, but I do take um, cortisone, right? Because I'm post kidney oh, transplant, so yeah. get it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. So unfortunately, they have the complete opposite effect. Yeah. They're they're muscle depleting, they're bone density depleting, and they actually retain water in your body, and they actually they they deplete your limbs. So. You put on weight in all the wrong places. <laughs> Welcome to menopause, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel. I think so. Like, and I and, and I read it, about it, literally. right? But and I remember after my surgery. I mean, I am on high. I'm on an average of like 500 milligrams of cortisone per day. And at the beginning, it's via IV, so it's straight to your bloodstream. It's not yeah. even pills, right? Today, I'm, I'm I only take five a day. But like back then, what instantly happens? You balloon oh overnight. Right. And they even have a, a name for it. They call it moon face. Well, if you look at anybody that's post-transplant, their faces are rounder. Right. Right. At that time because of those medications. And like it's terrible to go through. Of course. And hormones like um, steroids really mess with your entire system. I mean, I remember um, in the hospital bed. Um, I raged at my mom over something so trivial. We were talking about something and I just got really angry for no. And I don't remember why I got angry. It was just, I get angry. And it was funny because like, you know, hospital TVs and we're, you know, some things on TV, I'm watching The Simpsons. And I remember this distinctly because I started crying. I'm like, why am I crying watching The Simpsons? Like there's nothing ever in The Simpsons that would bring you to tears. I relate so much to that. You know, and it's just so confusing. And now you're trying to rationalize, like what is wrong with me? And are my meds messing with me? Like you don't. Like, is this me or is it my hormones? That's like the question, right? I don't even have that. I didn't have that language. I'm like, I didn't know this is what happens. Right. Until after. Yeah. (laughs) Like the. I only understood this later when I went and read about it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah, right? that's a mood swing. Those are mood swings. It was and severe. Like normal. Like, but, I think with the guys, I have an open, well, with anyone um, that I'm relatively close to, I have an open space to say I'm hormone. Like, I think it's just my do. hormones, but I do have that conversation. But I feel like a lot of women don't have that open space. For sure. And I think we also are judged upon it. She's like using her hormones as an excuse to be yeah. a bad person. And or I've heard that before. I've heard that too. And like, or and as an excuse to get at a gym class. Yeah. And I was like, no, I am an athlete. I, I want to play, but I cannot right now. I'm in pain, for I'm, example. Yeah, Cramping and, or whatever. And I mean, some, you're dancing, you're you're the cheerleading, you're I, an active of, athlete throughout your entire life. Amazing. like. All of those by choice. So, so for you to miss a class, like it when, should have been obvious that you and, can't. And you're shamed a lot. You're shamed mm. so much, especially like the Arab side of my of my world was a ta- it was taboo. Like do not make any don't do not let anyone know that you have a period. It is not a acceptable discussion to have, especially amongst your friends, amongst your girlfriends. <laughs> yes, it's normal, but anywhere else, it is not for anyone's discussion. And I think that left all of us or many of us in a very um, really uneducated space. We, Cause education is discourse. Right. And yeah, you, for a lot of girls, they were just barreling through. Training 
uh, magazines that we would get would all have God knows what, <laughs> God knows how to, I don't know. It was all messy. Yeah, so was that. Shambles. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> about language, it was so interesting because like I started giving like workshops and even like Clubhouse, for example. The simplest thing is like if you if you're having pelvic floor issues, like one of the biggest signs is that it's painful to have sex. Okay. So with your spouse, like imagine you're you're with your your husband and it's you're in pain. That's a sign that you need to go get checked. Maybe there's something wrong, but people have normalized it because they're not talking about it. And right? also because wow. this idea of like purity and pain yes. are intertwined. I really have an issue. I take such huge issue with that. Yeah. It should be pleasurable. On, for for a lot of women, we're told, listen, you know what? Just deal with it. Basically. Just deal with it. It's going to hurt, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, no. It, we should not be subject to that. But I think, like, these conversations need to happen from, like, a scientific standpoint. Because yeah. women really don't know about their bodies. They don't know what signs to look for. Like, even this whole notion of listen to your body, for me, is so triggering. Because what have you taught your girls to do? To push past pain? To? Yeah. To, to, like, what what do we even know about listening to our bodies to begin to listen to our bodies? It's There's such wisdom in that statement. Because the truth is, is like, okay, listen, right? To what? Like, to what? what am I listening for? Like, what yeah. am I hearing right now? I'm angry, and I'm sad, and I'm, like, hungry, yeah. and, like… Oh, yeah, I'm hearing it. Like, I'm here, you know? And I think one of, like, are you comfortable? I, I'm going to talk about my experience. Please For don't sure. feel uh, obligated to. But when I first got my period, there was a conversation of, now you have to protect yourself. You cannot be around your 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 Men. guy friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, are no longer your guy friends. They can no longer be. So it immediately turned it into this, um, it, I don't know what the word is. The made it tense. It made it volatile. Mm, My, volatile. It was political. It's scary. It was political. It yeah. was volatile, and it was like protect yourself now yeah. because you can get pregnant because you can get you know yeah. you know you you now the family shame rides on your it's body. Literally, it comes <laughs> like, back to shame. Yeah, right? yeah. We're and, always taught to be shamed. Yeah, right. and so when we're training, that same like hold it, just deal with it. Don't say it. Just yeah. go through it. Push through it. Is so damaging to us as women right now and so I feel like so are you developing systems because it sounds like you're building a system this is what I'm hearing and I'm so happy to hear that you're so kind are you is that what's happening what's happening right now is that I'm trying to broaden up my reach yeah. So that's why we're gonna do a show with you. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, uh. So I uh, just saying, if you want to find me, you'll find. Coming I'm just soon to the Can Media near you. I'm excited. So necessary. We need it so desperately. We we need to have these conversations more than ever. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like now we're so much more exposed to information. But again, even the information might be wrong. Right. It's um, biased. It's the biased. Miseducation. Miseducation. Um, and even with all this information, we're still programmed to go with the old information. Right. So how do we rewire that? How do we reprogram ourselves to think that these conversations are okay? Um, and and, and it's, it's changing for sure. Yeah. But I feel like still there's a big part of society that don't have that exposure. Right. Um, so it's our response. It's everyone's Sorry. responsibility. No, 100%. This back, goes back to you saying, you know, it needs to be discussed, one, in a scientific way, but yeah. also in a public platform. Because For like sure. you said, there are articles about it in places where uh, our friends, our family won't, won't like they're not going to read a sign, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. a medical magazine or something. But then it's, like you said, clubhouse, podcasts, seminars, whatever, we're starting For to speak sure. about it. Even if it's just a bit, maybe not the whole spectrum, 
but at least showcasing that it's fine to speak about yeah. it in a public platform is pl- it's fine to speak because we want our nieces, daughters later on to get educated to or like not feel yeah. embarrassed to go ask or not find somebody to ask. Yeah. Whether if it's periods, whether if it's freezing your eggs, everything. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? You know what's the most interesting part? I met um, basically a girl a while back and she said, also, like, your relationship with your dad or even your brother is super important. Yeah, my God. That's, even yeah. as you said, like, I have goosebumps right now. Because it's like, yo, one of her, One of our friends, her daughter, when she got her period, told her dad first and not her mom. Her mom was like, what? Yeah, and I feel like because <laughs> they built that relationship where it's okay to tell your dad and not your, like… That well, That's first amazing. of all, it's remarkable, amazing, it's yeah. wonderful, and I think that like I wish for every woman that she has someone in her life that is so safe that will tell her this is it's, this is okay. this is natural, yeah. it's okay. And as women, especially, we want we want your allyship, like we want guys to be our allies. We yeah. want you beside us as we deal with life's things, just like you want us beside you. And I think that's amazing. And if the for more sure. we can have of that. But I think you know. that's why I wanted to add, like earlier you were talking about, you know, you want to tackle these from a scientific point of view, which I definitely agree with. But I think the social narrative is necessary as well, not For just sure. scientific, right? Like how it plays part in society, how it plays part in community, how it plays part in culture, and actually like having a strong front against traditional thinking, yeah. right? Of how these issues or these conversations are, are held and tackled, um, you know. And how to have them as yeah. well. Because yeah. Exactly. Like I grew up in a household where I'm the eldest of four boys, Mashallah. right? So the only females were my was my mom, or when you know relatives would move to the UAE to go to university and they happen to live with us for a brief period of time. So other than that, I didn't have any you know female exposure other than you know my friends in school. So like yeah. there wasn't necessarily someone that would have these conversations with us because then again, like your boys, like who's gonna say shit to you, right? <laughs> so well, actually, that's a that's a. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Like. How do you, how do, when you were growing up and you didn't have like that female kind of confidant to right. go to or to ex- watch her experience things because you watch your friends yeah. go through. Yeah. How did you perceive periods and things? Oh, like I, how did you, like the things that happen every month to the, to the women all around you? For the most part, no clue other than what I was exposed to in media. So, and this is what I was saying from a social point of view yeah. because my rationale was like, well, you got to be able to talk about this in TV shows and in film. Right. And in spaces that are accessible for an average person. Right. Because scientific might, you know, fly over some people's heads. But then how can I make this accessible to, you know, people like Akawi's niece? Right. Right. Who's who's like, what is she, 10 or 11? Right. So to really normalize the conversation at any age group. Yeah. Right. Because like the only time I had an awareness or a better understanding of this was when I worked on a pads brand. Yeah. As being a True person work. in advertising. True so work. not till I had a job that's very interesting. that I actually yeah. got to understand it. Yeah. Right. But you know, that's not just because you were in a household or old boys. Like I was in a household of all female, but it's not even them. It's not like they they never came and talked exactly. to me about it. Yeah. Because also because that was the Taboo, 90s as basically. well and th- early 2000s. But they still, even if you're in a household, no one's going to come and educate you about it. Unless like you come asking. Or am I to know, understand what's happening? So Absolutely. I can go ask, and, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think it's like usually kept as a secret. You know, in Arab households, We're told, right? Like, it's exactly like I said. This is not for anyone else, but the women that are close to you. It's not even yeah. for women outside of your circle. Yeah. So I can understand how Akkawi, living in a house of women, had no conversation about something not that was happening 
to him every because <laughs> it affects you. Like yeah. it does affect the environment that you live in. So Crazy. those conversations need to be had. And like, what do you think are the safe spaces that we can have these conversations in? So uh, I found it interesting because like now Clubhouse is opening up a little bit. But at the same time, I feel like we need to find more platforms that can have people talk mm. rather than like you have a one person talking and people listening. Like people need to be able to have questions and, and get the answer right away, right? Because I was talking about one of the issues as well. And like I had a group of five girls and they literally had no idea of anything I was talking about. <laughs> wow. So it was it became a discourse rather than right. me telling them information. Right. And I think that is also one of the problems is that we have a one-sided conversation and we don't know what the general public need or what they understand to begin with. Um, we have our own community and our own bubble. Right. And you'd realize out of that bubble, you have people who really are out of the loop. They really don't know where to look firstly. And secondly, what information is correct. So I think... Firstly, we need to back up what we're saying with science. Yeah. Like 100%. Um, we need to kind of filter out who isn't backing up their information with science. I have a lot of talks that I've been in and even like events where people are giving their two cents and they don't even have uh, the certification yeah. to say what they're saying. So I think we need to be more prominent in finding the right people um, and asking the right questions. Like I had a girl who had a coach that was coaching her in a certain way. And I, and, and I said it was pretty damaging, the, the mindset that she's put in. And I told her, do you know what your certi the, the coach's certifications are? And she said, no. I was like, you never asked your coach ever what her certifications were. To be honest, a lot of us don't. And like, it's like, I, I just expected she was good because she's on Instagram and she has clients. Ah, right? here we there go. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. We're going to get into that. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's a big problem. I, I, but that's like women specifically. Yeah. Like we find our coaches on Instagram. Right. Like, I didn't see any other place where women can find coaches except on Instagram, right? Like, it's so, it, that's so funny because, like, I found my coach on Instagram, right? Yeah. And I never had a PT up until 2019 where he walked into the office and I was like, who's this big guy? <laughs> right? Okay, I yeah. see you. It was like, it was like, it was it was like so no. weird. <laughs> And, and you know, really short shorts on. And uh, yeah, I was about to say, like, you know, PTs being PTs, they're there in like uh, tank tops and shorts, and it's an office. And I kind of stare at That's this why dude. I love my job. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> Wear whatever you want all the time. Right. And he comes in, and like, um, but I remember I was telling him, like, I've been watching this guy for two years on Instagram before I ever thought of reaching out. And he spoke to like the strategist and nerd in me because. Everything was about like, here's the article, here's the link, these are the posts, these are the people. And like graphs and material that he would share for people to access. And I'm like, and I would go read it myself. I'm like, all right, great. And like, and I didn't think much about it. I was like, okay, he's giving me all the information. I can figure this out for myself. At the time, like, I don't need a PT. So I went through all of that. And the more I read, the more I understood his perspective and where it was coming from. And eventually I was like, you know what? It's worth giving this a shot. I'm going to try and training with this person. And that helped a lot. Like it did. He developed a very regimented scientific approach to things where it was a it was extreme. Like very extreme. It's not for everybody because Which like makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I and I understood that and I was okay with that because, you know, the level of extreme uh, extremism in it where it's like, okay, you're measuring everything you're eating, you're macro counting everything. Um, you're weighing yourself every day and then setting it up on a graph and you know, you're training three to five times a week. So then understanding the science of input, output, 
calorie in, counting, calorie in, calorie out. How is that impacting your weight? And if how are you how are you measuring yourself every day? At what time of day? You know, what is the circumstance around that? And then your workouts as well, and kind of looking at the graphs. So very scientific, very methodical, but also extreme. Like I understand that's what an actual, you know, um, a soccer player, an athlete, would go, like an a actual, professional athlete, a professional sorry. athlete, yeah. sorry, would go through. For sure. Right? Which I understood. I'm like, okay, I'm happy I went through that because I understood the science. Like I gave me a complete overview of how these things work. You know, now I'm not as extreme with it, but I get it. Right. And I think that's the only, like people would usually look at a trainer on Instagram and, oh, that person looks good. Let me go train with him. And, you know, we spoke about, like, Reem and I spoke about this before. Like, for example, you look at the world's best boxing coaches. None of them look like they know how to train. Gymnastic coaches. Have you seen (laughs) the old men? (laughs) Like, right? yeah. They they don't look like they've ever trained before, but they are some of the best coaches in the world. Yeah. You know? And it's really, don't look at their Instagram. Look at their credentials. Ask for their certificates. Ask for what they, who they've trained before and look at the results of people they've trained before. And also referrals, man. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Like on, agreed on the referrals. Because like rather than doing all that, just go ask OT about his PT. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I got you. But also yeah. like asking the right people. Yeah, like yeah, 100%. I think with women, it's like, oh, she's yeah, she's good. Why she's making me do cardio six times a week? Yeah, I, she's good. I'm losing weight. I'm like, okay, it's like okay. <laughs> so it's dangerous to yeah. some extent. Like yeah. referrals as well as asking the right people. Um, but it's also it's interesting when you're talking about like research and like very strict regimens. So what was interesting, I read an article a while back where for the first time in history, which is so frustrating (laughs) that we can hear it in your voice. Oh my God. Okay. But the first time in history, they actually worked with a woman's menstrual cycle on an all-girls professional football team, which was the USA team. The year is 2020. Okay. 2020. They won. With flying colors, if I may did. add, because they worked with each and every individual's menstrual cycle. And can you imagine that this is only in 2020? Um, so all the years that passed, it was Crazy. very much random. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was randomized. Like, figure it out. And, yeah. if, and if you w- look at women's football, pound for pound on the court, the, the women have performed better than most male uh, counterparts. But, I'm s- but <laughs> they didn't, that they didn't get the funding. The, y'all, yeah, we need, we need I felt that. It deserves yeah. that. Yeah. I just feel like, I feel like that's the bias. You know what I mean? Well, we're already doing the science. The science is done in an athlete that can run farther. I'm like, yes, but he is a man. <laughs> and that is, yeah. and that is his job, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, but my job is to be the best soccer player as a woman. Yeah. And so you need to give me the and training And that's the wrong benchmark. Yeah. Like the, you can't the, bench, you can't set it against. The data points were data. wrong. The data points were wrong. So the output was wrong. It's, pr- it's, a, it's basic. Basically, yeah. it's like so. I was saying, if you're if the brief is shit, the output is going to be shit. it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. If your data points that have been collected are biased towards a race or a sex, then obviously the output is going to be completely incorrect and it yeah. does not work for everybody. And I'm hoping I'm seeing now this year is the first year that I'm starting to kind of see this infiltration of, you know, yes. like actual evidence based and an evidence based approach to training that focuses on women's bodies. Um, and you're right. It's sad that now it's happening, but yeah. I'm hoping that you know it continues. It continues and, and progresses. I hope. Yeah. And it, but in the world never. of personal training, is it there yet or mm. not really? It's interesting because like uh, now I've been asking a lot of girls on their like personal training experiences, 
And I see men asking more of the questions about menstrual cycles than women. Okay, yeah. okay. And I found that interesting. Good. But at the same time, I was like, why aren't women having these conversations? Like, Probably because she's like, I, I, I'm not going to go to the mall if I work at the mall. I have a like, period. Like, <laughs> she's <laughs> like, I'm not going to, you know. So I, yeah, it's like, it's a really weird conversation because it's like, do we think that we're doing enough just because we're women? Like, I had this uh, very big discussion with one of the girls who was giving advice. She's like, I have five kids. I was like, that still doesn't give you the right to, to give advice. Like, experience of having kids is not the same as the actual science behind it. Because your you your first pregnancy may be different than your second pregnancy, third pregnancy. Fair. There are too many factors that come into play. And from a scientific point of view, you can't give, it, give advice right. just based on that. So let me give you an example. So the girl was telling me like, oh, I was walking and I was training and lifting very light weights. Um, and I told my friend to do the same. I was like, okay. And then I spoke to the friend. She had gestational diabetes. The other friend had, it's she like a had a completely uh, different canvas. And I was like, it's a completely different canvas. You don't know uh, her genetic history. You don't know how her tissue is going to stretch out or how her pelvic floor muscles are reacting to the weightlifting. So it's like, are we uh, giving advice just from a place of like, I know better because I'm a mom? Like, or do you want to help the individual yeah. and take a step back? So again, I think women think just because you're a, you're a woman that you know, but like you have to research this stuff. There are things I really did not know about the woman's body and I'm a woman, you know? Right. So I think that's is that, like... Is that why doctors usually tell pregnant women, just walk and like kind of simplify it to the lowest common denominator? Don't get me started on doctors. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, like, I, yeah. is that why that happens? Doctors, I don't want to like slam doctors or like say anything disrespectfully, but like I respect them to some extent, but it's not in their expertise to teach you how to move. Like the biggest example I could give you is that when I broke my arm, uh, my doctor was an amazing surgeon. I had plates and screws installed. I came back six weeks later to remove the cast. And he's like, you're good to go. I'm like, doctor, I can't move my arm. And I want to do parkour. Like, that's my sport. He's like, yeah, yeah, just, just do rehab. I was like, where's the guidance in that? I need some guidance to know what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to not do. How do I progressively load my arm? So he's like, go to a physiotherapist. So then I went to a physiotherapist. And like, the doctor's job is very much to treat the body, not the individual. His job ended when the cast came up. Exactly. And, and we need to be open. The same thing comes with actual pregnancy. Your OBGYN is not your pelvic floor specialist. Yeah. Your pelvic floor specialist is not your personal trainer. You have to have a team. And we still don't have that system set in place anywhere in the world, actually. Yeah. Wow. Everyone works separately. And that's why women aren't given the rightful kind of service that they need is because we have industries kind of fighting each other where in reality, they need to work together. And Jeez. people trust their doctors blindly. Like if anyone else besides you tell them you're good to go, okay, yalla, tamam, and they go just because my yeah, doctor khalas. told me. I would, I, to be honest, wow. I would have. Same, I would have, yeah. same, same. Like I, I, I didn't, I wouldn't imagine fighting my doctor and I would imagine you wanted to get back right now. Like yeah. after being in a cast for how long, you're yeah. like, I want to get yeah. back. Because of the I usual smack him doctor doctor thing that we've always heard. Just, just yeah, listen to your doctor. Yeah. Yo, that is crazy. No, allow doctor, of course he's right. Like, like the worst advice I've ever heard from a doctor, like if any doctor tells you, oh, I want to do something, he's like, just stop doing it. I think that's the worst advice. I heard my, my one of my in-laws basically, yeah, my mother-in-law actually, she told me that she was facing back pain. And my mother-in-law is a very active person, mashallah. She was like so. having like back pain, some knee pain. She went to the doctor. The doctor said, just stop working out. You're too old. And she was 49. Wow. Like at the time. <laughs> 49. Oh, wow. Like you're telling a 49-year-old to stop moving. That's the worst advice you can give any person in the world, let alone a woman.
Thank you for kicking it with us today. I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at to stay up to date with all our conversations. Also, if you don't mind, hit us with the five-star rating, leave a comment, let us know how you feel about the show. That way, it could also help others find the show. And be sure to share it with your friends and family, whoever you think can benefit from it. You can holler at us on all social media platforms at The Can Show. We'd love to hear from you. Or you could drop us an email to hello at thecanmedia.com. Salam.